Thank you. Don't give me that look. <laughs> you ain't seen nobody like this. You ain't seen nobody like this. You hear my sound all over town singing. Good morning, take two on uh, welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, my name is Harry, and uh, joining me this morning, Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. Good morning, everyone. Robert, uh, how how was the uh, bunker last night? Uh, it was it was pretty uh it's pretty good. There was a decent turnout considering oyster bacon and a few other things going on, but it was pretty solid. Like I said, you can tell by my voice <laughs> that uh, we had a good time. We always have a good time. Royce, how are you? Recovering. Um, as I was saying, uh, my voice is at a very low bass, so everybody's headphones are going to rattle from this one. But um, yesterday, Rex had a t-ball game, then we went to the match, and then today we have another t-ball game. And as you can hear in the background, he's fine. Uh, my wife and I are struggling, so good time. That's why I got my uh, coffee and my San Antonio mug this morning nice. to, to get through it here. Uh, so we're going to kind of give a little bit of uh, order to the, sh to the show here. So we'll go around, do initial thoughts on the night, um, anything that your initial thoughts were. Uh, we'll touch about the injuries uh, going in, and then we'll, you know, unfortunately they picked up a couple of more. Uh, talk about the lineup. We'll talk about the game. Uh, we'll use the uh, USL Championship, uh, uh, or yeah, USL Championships uh, highlights uh, on YouTube here. So thank you uh, to that and uh, San Antonio FC uh, communications team, uh, you know, for that as well. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit World Cup um, as far as the draw where it, we, US did qualify, Mexico qualified, and uh, we got we we know who we're playing, sorta. <laughs> Uh, for that here. So initial thoughts, I'll, I will start out and then, uh, you know, we'll, whoever wants to pick up second, uh, to me, even though it was a loss, I thought the team, they didn't perform great, but I thought they performed well for what, what they're dealing with a very shorthanded, uh, club right now due to injuries along those lines here. I thought that they fought very hard. Just the depth of Phoenix, and Phoenix is an elite, talented team. There's no question about that, uh, you know, for right here. So while I was unhappy with the result, you can't fault the effort, you know, that that the you know that the 13, 14 guys that played on the pitch last night put out. So like, well done to them. Like I said here, you know. So even though when we get into the discussion later on, you know, obviously it won't be as 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 positive just because it is a loss. Um, it's more directed to me. My complaints are going to be more directed at the upper management on how this team uh, was brought together um, for that here. And, and I know Royce is going to 
you know, c- come back at me on that. Uh, just, you know, you, you know, you can't account for the injuries that we've got. So, but I already know that's coming, but <laughs> that's my initial thoughts. Uh, Rafa, what's your initial thoughts? I, I see sign more players. So it seems like you're uh, on, uh, <laughs> on that same train as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to question the effort for the guys that, that, that did great. I mean, they did what they had to do, whatever they had on the field. Um, you know, eventually something was going to crack, you know. And, I mean, if, had we able to hold on, I mean, to me, that for a tie, that would have been a win for us. But yeah, for sure. I, I think I think in the upper management really kind of needs to look at the mirror and say, you know, how did we get yourself into this situation? I know injuries happen. But it shouldn't be as this bad, you know. Last year we kind of had the similar situation, but it wasn't that bad because our our bench actually carried us. This year it's it's a little bit different. So you know what are, what are they going to do to to fix it? Especially this week, you can say you got two games this week coming up. You know, I know we'll probably have some academy players play on Tuesday. That's fine, but. We can't be throwing academy players into the fire against a team like Phoenix or Louisville or. or, or and I question Diego. academy players going against the feeders as well, just for the fact that I watched that match. They are a quality, experienced team for that level. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. Yeah. So, Robert? Uh, yeah, just echoing the theme. I mean, it was a disappointing loss, but there's some positives out of it. I mean, I, I felt that Jordan played really well. Mm-hmm. He had a solid game. He kept us in it towards the end. It just seemed like the Phoenix was the more potent of the two. They had the offensive firepower. They were putting more pressure on us consistently. And then Loreo going down, it almost seemed like there was even more of a, a dip in terms of uh, any type of offensive effectiveness. The creativity, yeah. I mean, it just it, it seemed like it was just one more thing to the point where that young kid came in. I, I, I you're gonna have to help me with pronouncing his last name, but he he did pretty well. I mean, he he did as much as he could. He put an effort. Like you said, it was a gutsy performance. We held them there towards the end, you know, and they didn't really put it away away until, you know, late in the game, late in the, the overtime with uh, some guy. I don't know his name. He scored at the end. I'm not sure. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Any <laughs> play here? I remember back yeah, in the day. Heard of it. <laughs> he, he looked familiar. The number looked familiar. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was cool to see Epps back, man. Uh, not in that capacity, but it was cool to see him back, obviously. And to see – I mean, that, that was one of those players last year that uh, – I mean, I, as I had explained that, you know, we had Nathan that nobody ever heard of and know who's this guy. We had Epps that we uh, got from uh, the Seattle system that nobody else really picked up on. It's cool to see those guys that we gave a chance, we built up, and see them succeed, uh, even though it's against us, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's it's cool to see that. Um, the match, um, the formation works. We were the better team until the injuries started happening, until our guys got elbowed to no call and uh, to just unfortunate injuries with Loera. I think he went out with just a, with the leg, hopefully a leg strain. Um but um, it's that's just that's just one of those things that's going to happen, and that's why depth is so important in this league, especially now that we're playing what thirty four matches. Mm-hmm. Depth is huge, and it seems like SAFC, like the the FO, kind of put their um, put their money on um, you know a couple quality players instead of a bunch of you know. 
dare I say fringe players or projects this year. I actually disagree and with you. I don't, on that. I don't know if it's, it, 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 and at the same time, the injury bug, it's one of those things that SAFC has had that experience last season. They're experiencing very heavily this season again. Um, and it, it's one of those bad luck things. You, you can never, some teams stay healthy through the entire season miraculously. Some teams are hurt the entire season, and that's SAFC is hurt the entire season. I mean, our, I would dare say the p- player we're probably paying the most is out until July. The second, the player that we've probably paying the second most just retired all of a sudden. <laughs> There's things that you can't control. Yeah. You you can't control thing. Crap happens. Um, your best striker was hurt. Your second best striker is hurt it there's no outlet for there's no outlet for the author we'll we'll get through it but it's just it's it's unfortunate um but at the same time the team still looked good and for large portions of that match they were the better team on the field against the top phoenix team so even though phoenix didn't necessarily start their starters uh, santi moore came in late uh, epps came in late uh but the team and the formation works. They just need an outlet, and they had no outlet yesterday. Um, but we'll talk about that uh, here in a little bit. Good morning, Robert, uh, and I hope you're uh, enjoying Modesto as best as, best as you can uh, for that here. Uh, Rafa, do you want to plug the 5050 uh, podcast tonight? Uh, since I know you're going to be on it, I believe you said 8 o'clock. Yeah, we'll be on 8 o'clock tonight. We're going to do our little state roundup with the playoffs. Uh, we're gonna have a couple surprise guests, uh, so tune in. Like I said, it should be a great show. Uh, let's look at some of the Cinderellas because we got a couple Cinderellas in in some regions like uh, Burnett, uh, Mejia. We'll get into the the nice little checkerboard jerseys that they have. <laughs> <laughs> so, CJ, uh, is Phoenix that good or is San Antonio that bad? I think Phoenix is good. San Antonio is not that bad. And, and I think last night, my concern going in was Phoenix had to have that game last night. Just from a morale perspective, they had lost two in a row. They got basically how we're talking about this week. That's what happened to them against San Diego Loyal last week in Phoenix. A lot of questions, a lot of through there. Now, they don't have a lot of the injury concerns where we have. It was, it was just yeah, and I think that's why you saw um, saw the rotation in the lineup was to to wake people up, you know, you know, per se. Um, why did Bonilla retire? <sighs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I it had to be something that happened back in in in, in Colombia where he's from, so it's probably a family issue. Hopefully, nothing um, serious or anything along those lines. Um, but for him to basically come in probably you know what sunday monday morning say hey i've got to get back home i'm gonna retire and he has already gone from he's already gone from san antonio and he's already back in columbia so that that tells me that's correct yeah i i did see that he posted in miami yesterday uh and now yeah he's back in columbia something something definitely had to happen personally uh which i mean we hope nothing but the best uh, family, for yeah. for Christian, but yeah, that's it. Sucks. It, it, it's a it's a bad situation, and it's nothing you can control. 
for him. So for him not to just ask, Hey, I, I need to go take care of some stuff. Um, he could have, you know, SAFC has a, uh, or Spurs, is not. Spurs, well, Spurs sports entertainment has a history of letting guys take extended leave of absences. Yeah. Uh, just if he needed to take care of something temporary, but for him to just outright retire and okay, I'm I'm done. I gotta go take care of crap. Something happens, so yeah. You 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 hope only the best, and you hope that situation um, is the outcome of that situation is the best possible outcome for him and his family. And then, how did Epps end up in Phoenix? He was a free agent. Uh, Phoenix offered him a, a most likely yeah. a better contract yeah. that sent sent into which he did. Phoenix Phoenix has a history of money whipping our players that are successful the season before. <laughs> Billy Forbes, uh, Darnell King, who's still there, who they're still paying a lot Vega, for. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah Devin Vega, yeah, uh, Epps, obviously. A long list of players yeah. that have been successful with us, they have thrown money at. Um, and that's I think just they're aggressive too. Yeah, yeah. They're no, they, too. they are. They jump, sure. out the, they jump out the gate and offer contracts before anyone else. For sure, and Big contracts, bigger than anybody's gonna yeah. get to pay in this league, um, and, and that's that. That's just what they. Do. I'll push back on that a little bit. I don't think they are the high. I don't think they are the highest paying team, but yeah, they do put out some nice contracts out there. As far as Epps, though, part of the reason you mentioned why he, why he was in for ten minutes is because in his first three games, he didn't hadn't even registered a shot on goal yet. So, you know, it's one of those good and bad. Um, before that here, it seems like when Phoenix players uh, play San Antonio, Vega did it, Forbes did it, Epps did it, Jason Johnson did it. Um, I think the only one that hasn't is Darnell King. When they play yeah, San Antonio yeah. FC, they typically get on, get on the board. Uh, but, you know, for Epps, you know, for him personally, hopefully this is what gets him gets him going yeah. and, and gets him turned around. Um, yeah. You know, as, as a fan of SAFC, it sucks that it happened against us. That's correct. But for for him personally, like I said here, nothing for the best. Uh, you know, you know for uh, uh, Epps going uh, going going forward here. Uh, so let's talk injuries. Um, Oof. And yeah, it's 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 an ugly picture. Uh, this is what the going in. Uh, Patino is still out. Uh, Mane is still out, which we know he's going to be out for a while. Uh, the two that you thought might well there's one that you thought would be back pc um abu did come back um i thought pc would also be coming back but he's still out um and i think the shocker this week was dylan um you know after his performance last week against rgv i don't think anybody saw you know saw saw him being out um also this week uh what who went out Get to that window. Let's see. Dioff went out 19th minute uh, in what looked to be a serious injury. Uh, you know, I haven't watched the replay of the game or anything along those lines, but, you know, when I was watching it, um, just on how he walked off where he was covering his face, it, it seemed like a little bit more serious. Pardon me? Because I wonder if he broke his nose. Yeah, Juve took an elbow to the face completely uncalled, which is, a, a, again, um, <laughs> we had numerous fouls that were uncalled that were easy yellow cards, if not more. Um, that one was a flying elbow to the nose. 
uh, no call, not even a foul. The ref looked back and like, oh, look, that guy's down. It's like, what are you what are you doing? And then right in front of the linesman, uh, Traore got pushed into the boards. Yeah, just um, crazy. No call. And and the ref had to look back and looked at the linesman like, what happened? The linesman's like, uh-huh. It's like, oh, good. I'm glad you're doing your job. That's awesome. Yep. So, that was a factor, Aaron, because we just – any call he made, yeah. it just kind of killed our, our momentum. Yeah. And he was just not – I think he was – because this was such a big game. I think he found Tala, I, I need to take control of this game. And he didn't have to. He just should have let us. I mean, he could have monitored, done a better job, but this was probably one of the worst officiating. It was it, it, it was inconsistent because he wanted to control the tiki tack fouls, but whenever a big foul happened, he just let it go. Like, it should be the opposite. The tiki tack stuff, let them play, but when stuff happens where players are going to get injured, like a flying elbow to the face that breaks a dude's will hurt something on his face where he has to come out of the match, yeah, you call that instead of letting it go. In, like it, That's where you step in <laughs> yeah, for player safety. Yeah. What, what's crazy <clears throat> is there were only two yellow cards, King in the 14th minute and Traore in, in, the, in the 19th minute. The rest of the match, there were no yellow cards. And, you know, there, you know, you know, San Antonio had 13 fouls. Rising had 14 fouls. Triore's uh, yellow card was going in late for the dude that threw the flying elbow that hurt um, Juve. And that's the reason that he got that yellow was that was a, hey, the ref's not going to call it. I'm going to go take my own justice. I'm going to take a bite out of your leg and went in late and took the dude out. So if the ref calls it right, if yeah, if the ref calls it right, that yellow doesn't happen. So... So, sorry, my cat wanted some attention. Um, injury wise, I don't know what else we can say. It's it's a common theme with San Antonio. Yeah. Just it, it, to me, the surprise was Dylan because um, he put in such a great effort. In I was going to say, did you see how tired he was in the oh, yeah. post game? That's why he's out. I'm not sure if it's legitimate injury. I think it's just, dude, you wore yourself into the ground. We got gassed, it this yeah. week. Yeah, he <laughs> was gassed. absolutely like, – he was falling asleep post game. Uh looked like before showers. So he ran himself into the ground. And that's why last week we were in such praise of him. Is That win is – that those three points are his three points. Just how much he worked was insane last, last week for sure. Here's my issue with that, though, is – after the RGV match, and I have a theory on why um, on why we're struggling with the depth is San Antonio is used to getting five or six MLS loans, so I don't think that's you know I don't either San Antonio FC upper management didn't didn't see the writing that was on the wall you know with with MLS and the USL relationship, you know, with the MLS next pro or something's changed with the relationship between San Antonio FC and MLS, as far as being an option for, you know, to be able to loan clubs too, or pardon me to be, to have players come too. So, you know, cause if you add those, you know, four to six MLS loans, our roster is pretty pretty full, and, we're, and we have that depth. That's what's missing this year compared to the previous years is we don't have those MLS players on, on loan. 
and I was talking with somebody uh, online here, they're, you know, you know, I'm Nathan, you know, Hey, go get Nathan. Problem is, is if you try to go get Nathan, even if you can, you're still talking about weeks just because of the visa issues. It's not a quick, yeah. you know, unless they're already working on it, it's not something you're going to just be able to, Hey, pick up the phone. Hey, can Nathan come back? Sure. And he's, and he's here tomorrow. That's yeah. general. That's not how it's going to work, unfortunately. So that's, that's part of it too. Like you said, the international loans too are lacking. Typically we'd have three or four of those too, even, you know, before the season starts. Like you talk, players we had never heard of and, you know, promising young stars in South America, especially. Well, so I've done a lot of that, those activities like, like previous years. Look at the case with Kamiri. Took him a while to get signed and yeah. over here. So looking at the lineup, really there's not a lot of options. You know, Beckford, Collier up top, you know, I think. Royce, you had uh, David and Beckford uh, switched. Um, Maloney on the outside, although he did switch inside quite a bit. Diaf, Abu, uh, Traore, Tanner, Garcia, Manley, and Jordan, um, obviously between the pipes here. Any surprises? Uh, you know, we'll start with you, Robert, uh, on, on the lineup. I mean, with the limited options, I mean, there was really, I mean, that was the only play you could do and just kind of hope that one of the strikers had like a magic moment, but. Like I said, until until the uh, the forwards get healthy, I mean, you just have so only so, so many things you can do. You and Roy said earlier the first, uh, second, and now even the third strikers. And <laughs> so, like, what are you gonna do? You just need the you need the actual personnel. But the rot, you know, the lineup is you know, is what you would thought it would be. Any thoughts on the lineup there, uh, Rafa? Before we get to Royce, uh, I mean, it was pretty much spot on what we have available. You're gonna plug in where you think is best, best for the team and where they can generate success. Uh, but like I mentioned, once we got those injuries, it basically kind of fell apart. You know, you're trying to kind of put a bandaid on it, but it just wouldn't wouldn't work. Um, I, I, maybe they could have you know changed it, maybe the tactics a little bit. But I think the bottom line is just not having someone up front that can go out and get the ball like Dylan or Patino. It's it, it just killed us and Lorero's really I guess he's becoming the real important he's like our playmaker that really kind of drives our attack and then that that was a big loss and that's why we ended up playing kind of on our third of the field the whole the rest of the game. And before we, Royce, before you start here uh, to answer your question, is the upper management of SSE soccer people or or or, or sportocrats? Probably a mixture of both. You got Tim Holt, who was the commissioner of uh, USL previously. So he is a soccer guy. So SSE, even though we criticize them, you know, quite a bit here, you know, they do have people in the right spot. It, and it's just, and I think that's why we kind of question why we may come, come, uh, come a little bit hard against upper management just for the fact that, we know that they are soccer people and through that here. And I do want to thank Tim Holt for coming out to the tailgate, uh, the Crocketeers tailgate, uh, 210 Alliance tailgate yeah, yesterday. It was awesome to you know meet and shake his hand and say hello to him. Uh, so, Tim, don't take it personal, but <laughs> you got some work to do, my friend. <laughs> uh, Royce, your thoughts on the, uh, on the lineup? All right, buckle up. Here we go. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, He's like all academy kids. <laughs> I, I mean, to be to be fair to Tim, I think he put together a really good team. It's just your attacking talent is is, gone, on, yeah. is on the injured list. Um, 
and no um that's no disparaging not disparaging uh beckford Loire or collier but um i don't think they play well together because they're they're they they fulfill almost the same role all three of them um there's no real diversity there. Collier continuously kept coming back into the midfield like a false nine when we needed a striker to provide some, uh, some a, a tall target um, to, to get a good outlet to let Beckford or Loera run on him. And that was a big problem with um, um, that. That was a big problem with the match was uh, was that we didn't have any targets. We kept having guys drop back. Yeah. And then try to dribble out, and we would just dribble out right into the Phoenix defense. We didn't have somebody occupying that uh, that striker, and that's really what we needed. Um, so from the beginning, the lineup was a little flawed as far as um, the offense goes. At the same time, we still created some decent chances in the very beginning of the match until Juve went out. Uh, the big problem with Juve going out. So why Juve started in the middle um, instead of? Uh, uh, Maloney, who started uh, in, as a central midfielder um, against RGV, was um, Juve kind of provides a little bit of uh, – he, he can dribble forward. He, he provides a little bit of offense. Um, and Maloney and Abu, they kind of stay back, and they're more defenders, and they'll, uh, they'll distribute when, when they need to. Um, so when Juve went out and you had to have Maloney come in, then your midfield is stationary and your midfield is stationary in front of your, your uh, back three. And then you have your offense um, kind of disconnected. And that's why the players had to continually come back and try to get the ball from them. But also there was no, there was no link. There was nobody up there. You needed Collier to stay up there to occupy the, the, the center backs. And that's kind of what Loera was doing is he was up front and he was kind of playing as a striker short striker but still a striker and you had Collier and Beckford come back for the ball and go out when Loero went out because he did so much running between the midfield and the in the in the back line and he kept getting fouled and kicked as per usual um you just kind of lost it you lost all targeting abilities you brought in the academy kid and it was kind of unfair for Heinrich I will say for this to be his first match because a it's a it's a top USL team B you're chasing a goal as is and C, he never really got into the rhythm of the match. It's tough to get that rhythm whenever it's your very first match. Um, and he kind of had a quicksand game where he had a bad touch. He had a handball. It just kind of didn't go right for him. Toward the end of the match, he started kind of getting in it. He he had a couple shots that didn't really turn out too well. But he at least got those shots. He, he made himself space. He created some space and got himself opportunities. But it was a rough match. As far as the back line and the midfield concerned, that was about as good as you can get. The wingers, same thing. It's about as good as you can get. There's just no outlet up front to help them out, and so they were constantly under pressure. And that's why that Epps goal happened. Uh, honestly, that's why both goals happened was because the center backs were so spent they couldn't quite cover their defensive their defensive responsibilities because they kept having to go out and helping the wingers as the wingers went up and they tried to create offense. They were just running all over the place. So that Epps goal happens. Because Taintor has to come back and chase Epps, who's not slow. He cramps up as he tries to kick the ball out of bounds. It doesn't quite get out of bounds. Epps brings it and shoots uh, near post. We're going to get into that because so, 
looking at yep. the video, and, and, and this is going to look, for, does it look like it goes out of bounds? <laughs> yeah, and every, you, yeah, no, no big surprise there because that linesman was trash on that side, <laughs> right? But you even mentioned this in the game you play until you hear the whistle, uh, yeah, on no, that's true. Occasions. And on both of the goals, and we're going to get to it here momentarily, San Antonio defense was a step step behind. Now, yeah. could that be part of it with the lack of rotation uh, along those lines? I, I don't think that, it's a lack a of – I don't think it's a lack of rotation. I think it's just they were spent after this match. They worked so hard and had no outlet. They did not get a break through this. They cleared the ball. Boom, Phoenix got it right back, and they'd come right back. They'd clear the ball. Phoenix got it. They'd come right back. That was a problem, uh, and that, that's a big problem that Marcina needs to sort out. The team needs to sort out. Everybody needs to sort out is where is this outlet coming from? You can't continually have – you can't have Collier <laughs> come back into the midfield, and you have to have him yeah. as an outlet. He's 6'4". He was taller by two inches than everybody on the pitch, and you had him dribble the ball and have them play at feet instead of go after headers. Yeah. That's, I, I that's, high, that's a that's, high press with the wrong personnel. Yeah, yeah like it's, the wrong that's not. Yeah, that's that's it's like trying to have, I don't know, um, Peter Crouch try to dribble like Messi. Not going to happen, dude. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Peter Crouch, you put the ball on his head and he heads it in like you don't have him dribble from the midfield. You have him go yeah. up as a target. It's I, I don't know if call. I don't know if Collier's not used to that. I don't know if those are specific instructions for him, but. It didn't work. It didn't work last I think, night. What I think he alluded to it. He has skills, but he's more in the support role. Like, yeah, he's not used to being the center striker. But wouldn't that go back to coaching? Also, Marcina kind of he should have reminded him, say, "Hey, I need you up front. I need you up front." You know, not going back. And I didn't really see him trying to correct that. You know. <laughs> That's not something you're going to be able to correct in a game, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's that's what I think. Is I, th I think they kind of let him, hey, you know, you know, do do what you know what to do, and and, and we'll figure it out. Um, I, and then you get the academy kid in there. You try to give him uh, a certain specific instructions on, hey, this is kind of what we need to do. Um, I will say that I know a lot of people were down on Beckford on this match. Um, he didn't really <laughs> show a lot. The reason he didn't show a lot was he didn't get space. Beckford is a lot like uh, Gallegos. He needs space to dribble in and to create plays for. If he doesn't get that space, he's he's not going to do very well. He's going to get tackled off the ball. Gallegos constantly got tackled off the ball when he had no space. That's what happened to Beckford in this match. And the reason he didn't have space is because he didn't have a striker in front of him to occupy the center backs. So they would just cue on him and they take the ball from him. So Beckford didn't necessarily have a great game. It's good to see him back. But it wasn't a game he was ever going to succeed in. He needs a strike partner to take space for him so he can dribble through and he can he can create. He just wasn't able to create in this match. Yeah. So my you know, you were making the comment about how San Antonio would clear it, but then Phoenix would come right back around back down. I won't lie to you, it almost felt like one of AJ's games, you know, with with the surf club where they struggle on the attacking side defensively. They they hold and hold, but if you're un under that constant pressure, yeah, it's especially against an elite team like Phoenix on the crack. That is a universal issue in yeah. soccer. Period. Is if you don't have an outlet and you're defensively stout, your defense is going to fail. You have to be. You have to. You have to have that diversity, and if you don't have that diversity, if you're really good in the offense, 
you're going to give up a whole bunch of goals like a Barcelona right now. They're, you know, well, I mean, not now, I guess, but uh, a team that gives up a lot of goals. Let's go with Leeds United um, under, um, not under Jesse Marsh, but under, um, oh man, I can't, uh, Marce- uh, uh, Bielsa. Yeah, Bielsa. Um, look at them under Bielsa was really good offensively. No real idea of what you're doing defensively. And they'd give up. They'd score two or three goals, but they'd give up four or five, and that's the problem with that. You're not you're not diverse in your play. Uh, San Antonio is a defense first, and then we'll go attack later. Well, if you don't have that counter attack and you're just defending, you're you're not setting yourself up for success. So let's get into the uh, match highlights here, and uh, there is going to be a question I'm going to ask you, Rafa, because it's I'm not the only one that's asked this. So, of course, the kickoff here. So, Rafa, your thoughts as a goalkeeper on how Jordan was able to read this play? Well, he read that. He pretty much read that the whole way, even on this play, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. This was a hell of a save here. If he doesn't get save of the week, <laughs> I, don't know what the, I mean, he's got. Yeah, the, <laughs> I mean, the one thing about Jordan is he's really he, he reacts fast to the ball, and and he that's why he makes those great saves. And like I said, we could have lost the game four five nothing without those saves there. My only my only knock, if I had to, it's not a huge criticism. Is just that. Uh, a couple of extra rebounds were given up that but know, that's gonna that be my question and, and I know See, we touched I, about I, it in the game. Uh, if it had a it's minor, it's minor, don't get me wrong. But like as a goalie you're always told if possible, I mean to parry the ball away and it almost seemed like that parry where where one time uh, okay. he punched it when he could have it looked well, like on that, maybe on that but, first goal on that first goal, where do you want him to parry it? Where else do you want him to parry it? He parried it along the baseline yeah. instead of out. So he buried it properly, but the center back, uh, the center back, look right there. Look at Manly. What is Manly doing? Well, what well, is? All, yeah, they didn't. They all gave up. Yeah, they didn't. They're chase. all ball watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all, they're ball yeah, watching. All these people are ball watching. You can already that's see for sure. Forty five is Manly's is guy already right there. moving. That's Man, that's, that's Manly's guy. That's a, that's, that's sure. what you're supposed to do. Send the ball out and away, but it's away, the responsibility yeah. of see right there with the defender. Yeah, you need to cut it. You need to cut off the space from getting yeah. that ball. The forty-five is already stepping toward the ball. He knows what's about to happen. Oh yeah, Manly it hasn't even reacted to what forty-five is doing, and that's well, Garcia the problem right isn't to me. Garcia is the closest one. Just on on that's not Garcia's responsibility. That post isn't. That post is not. He almost reacts to it, but that's not his man. It's another one of those. The blippy back here. It's another one of those um, things where the guy that is closest to the ball when it's scored is not necessarily the guy responsible for the play happening. Mm -hmm. That is all day. That's Manley's guy right there. That's his post. That's his responsibility. And even, I mean, if you look, Fabian and Mitch are pointing and they're saying, hey, who has this guy? That's Manley's guy. And that's why Manley there has that look of crap. I I just didn't follow him. He didn't follow him. 
And I will say for anybody that's from Phoenix or anybody out inside outside the league, we apologize for trash being thrown on the field. That's not a good look. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, it was a bunch of kids. So that doesn't make it excusable, but yeah, yeah, it's, we, we it's, it's not great. On our, on our side here. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. We basically, in our section, we're what two sections away from two where that happened. Over, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, everybody was pretty much pointing. It was those kids, um, and they were looking to yeah. to get them out of the stadium as soon as possible. So, uh, not a, not a good look. Um, not a great look at all. So, sorry for everybody that watched that. That's that's it. It's stupid. It shouldn't have happened. It was kids. Kids are going to kids. I'm not trying to excuse it. Still unacceptable. But we, everybody did kind of was told them, get those people out of here. So, sorry. Speaking of the four of us. On that with with Jordan, I think maybe he could have done maybe a a better job as far as, you know, just the ball. Well, being a goalkeeper, coming from a goalkeeper perspective. But then he could have pushed the ball. Where he pushed yes. it was towards the angle there. Maybe if yes. he just pushed push it, it outside, yeah. there you go. That's exactly. I think that could have, you know, cut up, give him enough time to come up because he's there. He's a sitting duck there, so you can't really blame him as far as being being down. But in knowing that he he sees that guy there, you can't send the ball <laughs> to that. And if he sends it parallel or across the line, now you have you you, you cut that angle off for the shot. So. You know, he, he could have maybe done maybe a little better on that. But like I said, that was still a great save there. But the like I said, also the responsibility of your defenders to cut him off and not allow him to shoot the ball while you're on the ground. It's 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 also the defense is, you know, t- has to take part of the blame too. What do you think Manly – okay, so Manly w- went for a block initially. So that's why he's in the bad position. Uh, and when you freeze it and circle it, look how many defenders uh, but, are around him. There's like but, five defenders and just him. Yeah, and and <laughs> I mean also you have you have uh, Gomez just kind of flat footed as well on the outside there. No, that that's it, it's it's Manley's guy. He's got to react a little bit faster. At the same time, if he noticed right before the ball gets to Jordan, which is why this is such a dangerous shot, it bounces up right before uh, it gets to him, and that's why instead of pairing it perfectly, it bounces, and that's why it shoots up is it does the hit the ground, hit the wall, and go up. And that's why it comes off at that uh, angle. But at the same time, it's the, the defense needs to react. And, and look, Jordan's already up. He's in a good position. His hands are out. It's just, A, it's a good shot, and B, the defender's got to get there quicker. Uh, it's... It's on the center backs that one. I don't. I don't put blame uh, yeah. on Jordan on that. So one. do you for for Manly because it looks like what put him out of position was trying to block it from what three four feet away. Is that where he, you know, is that where no. he made his error or no? No, his error was just reacting slowly to not getting back where the ball is and help his uh, goalkeeper out. That that's where his error is. And that's a tough angle to score on too. On that one, it's it was just a lucky shot. Now there, just great reaction on by, by him there. You almost see where on the goal he was trying to catch it, like but the hop threw him off. Because the way he's angling his hands, he's not almost like intentionally pairing it. You usually like 
You guys on the bunker side, I know I did see like some of your saves. I know he was punching some of those those balls out. Was he having trouble pushing them like a high and away? I, I think he had a I think on one of them one where he went out it almost looked like he thought there was going to be like uh, some kind of pressure like contact but then it ended up not being so he could have maybe caught that one so it just seemed like an indecisive decision and he didn't get a good punch on it either it didn't go far I, I did catch that one but outside of that I mean I didn't see anything else that I could say looking at this I really blame that's just great reaction right there Phoenix to score the goal. I don't blame. Right there, our defense just fell asleep there. We, we got called ball watching again. Yeah, and I think that uh, Hurst. So here comes the uh, second goal. Epps comes on. Was very active. Running at players. And then the next highlights the last Tater. goal here. So here. Uh, slide tackle by Tanner, although it lands back to Epps, keeps it in. I don't think the ball ever crosses out. Driving in on Garcia. He's got a runner and Moore joining him. Epps. Puts it into the back of the net yeah, to a, seal the three points tonight here at Toyota Field for Phoenix. See, the defender there really never the challenged him. He let him go to, to, the, to the attacking third there. That's where he needs to step up right there. Right here, right, right here coming up. Well, look, he's... He's dribbling the he ball right there. Yeah, he, he assumed that it was out of bounds. Yeah. Right there. Once he got close to him, he should have run, attacked him right away instead of giving that yeah. little space. And that little second gave Epps the shot there, but yeah. Jordan was caught off also not covering his near post. I yeah. think he was worried about the cross. He was, he, was cheating for, he was cheating for the cross because the Phoenix guy was all by himself until he enters a six-yard box. That's when Manley finally catches up and takes him. But before that, it's, it, Jordan has uh, a Phoenix Rising player all by himself coming at him and Epps with the ball coming at him. It, it's, it's tough, but the first thing you need to cover is your near post. So yeah. And he that's, yeah, that's got caught in between. Yeah, you know... You can't put pin that one on Jordan. That was that was a bad defending. You know, this is like the three Ds: def, uh, deny, delay, destroy. He didn't really deny any space there to destroy that play. And that was so, into the game. They're probably gassed. I, I <laughs> will gassed. say this: when you look at the stats, you know, and I know uh, uh, one of one, you know, one, one of the friends of the podcast. I forgot his name right now. Uh, mentioned San Antonio didn't have any possession. San Antonio had possession for, um, for uh, basically 45.9% according to the USL stats, you know, rising at 54.1. Distribution, um, both teams didn't pass very well because I think the midfield was pretty choppy, especially in the first half. Both teams, you know, SAFC was at 65.6 on passing accuracy, uh, rise, rising was 66.1. Crossing accuracies, you know, 20% to 21.7. The difference comes into the attack, and this is where, you know, Royce was you know, talking about uh, rising at 21 shots compared to five. We had two on target, I think one in each half. Uh, rising had nine, eight block shots, 10, 10 shots outside the box, 11 shots inside the block uh, box there. Um, defensively, you know, like I said here, it, to me, it was, you know, we had 31 clearances, you know, that go into just, you know, how 
you know, just how much the defense was under attack. Um, Jordan Farr, I think, had six saves, which was the most that we've had so far, you know, as, as a goalkeeper. Um, that's one thing I will say, you know, from Bonilla to Farr, not a drop as far as in skill and talent uh, for that here. They, they play a little bit different. Um, but goalkeeper's been a strength. The back line's been, been attacked. But until San Antonio gets the attacking midfield and above uh, back together, you know, we saw this happen against RGV. We, we escaped against a team like RGV. But if you step back and just take shots like that against an elite team like Phoenix Rising, at some point they're going to make you pay. But, you know, to me the stats-wise, you know, like I said here, they showed an even game, but it was one of those games where if you're at the match or if you're watching the match, it did not feel even. It felt very one-sided uh, on that here. So you're, we'll go to you, Robert. Your your recollection of, of the game overall as far as final thoughts on the San Antonio Phoenix game before we move on to uh, you know quickly discuss the uh, World Cup draw here for uh, Qatar 22. Yeah, I think the big thing you nailed it is that the – the quality of chances, like you said, they it was a disparaging difference in terms of attacking quality. And then the big thing, I mean, we always we keep uh, harping on the injuries and depth and getting fresh legs out there when, you know, some guys are winded or banged up. You know, it's just uh, players are going to start playing through knocks and maybe not perform, you know, to their, their best ability. So hopefully Spurs, uh, Sports Entertainment has a plan that either they're keeping from us or – I mean, the latter that they may be mismanaging the situation. I'm, I'm praying that they have something that they're keeping behind the scenes or they're working stuff, uh, stuff actively. We just don't know about it until it's final. But that's the big thing is, I mean, just taking, taking it uh, in stride, continuing to, I guess, work, you know, on getting uh, those uh, attacking players healthy. And my nervousness is with that, that Tuesday game. I was like, they traditionally play a ton of academy kids. Who do you have left? I mean, what are your options? You're essentially going to roll out a similar lineup, you know, maybe with a few guys here and there. But uh, are you going to even have a fresh 11 to play? That's going to be interesting. But Your thoughts, Rafa? Just like I said, I know it's not the time to hit the panic button, but also I think, I think front office needs to realize, you know, we need to build a little bit more depth because we don't have it. Last year we did. You know, we were able to survive last year's injuries. And we were able to manage because we did have a lot of diff on that on the squad, you know. You know, the only change we did was on was in July when we had to fix the the defense, which right now that's our strength. Right now we're probably going to have to do okay. What do we need to, do to fix our offense? Get some attack. Well, to just enough to buy time for our guys to get healthy, you know. And it, and it's not going to hurt us in, towards the end having that depth up front. You know, just in, like I said, there were some like when Pacini went down, who stepped up? It was Nathan that stepped up. So same thing in the beginning of the season when Dylan was out, Pacini did the same. So I think they need to sign a couple of more attacking players with some with some experience. I think that'll help just to kind of weather the storm. And then once our our guys get back healthy and go, I think we'll be back on track. And I think, like I said, once we, if we when we go to Phoenix, it's going to be a different result when we go play over there. With a, with a full squad. You know who I think they should call? Toronto, Jordan Peruza. Have him yeah, come Peruza. in short term like he did last year uh, for that here. Yeah. Royce, uh, your your final thoughts on the uh, SAFC match? Uh, 
go uh, Ted Lasso with goldfish brain. Um, <laughs> man, get healthy. Uh, that's it. You need some offensive outlet. We need some attacking talent. Um, I think in Tuesday's match, you're going to see all of the academy kids that are on the roster get a run out um, to see and what they got. Yeah. Um, yeah, and possibly some that aren't. Um, we're pretty banged up. Um, as far as we know, I mean, I mean, let's count them. Uh, I mean, you have Patino that's out, Mane that's out, um, uh, Loera is going to be out, PC's out. Juve's probably going to be out. That's five right there. That's a a quarter of your roster right there. Um, that's already out. Uh, Dylan was out, so that's six. Um, that's rough. Troyori might be out because he was getting beat up all over the place uh, with absolutely oh, no yeah. calls except yeah. for his yellow card, of course. Um, that's a lot of guys. Um, but we'll see. Uh we should win that match Tuesday either way, but hey, we'll see. Um, and don't uh, be surprised if San Antonio announces that they're bringing in yeah. some players specifically for Open Cup because as long yeah, as yeah, they're yeah. not cup tied to another team, you, that's a completely mm. separate roster. And I know they've done that previously where they'll bring in some young kids, uh, give them a shot, give them, a, uh, uh, give, you know, give them some time. Uh, for that here, especially early on. Now, the next round, you're going to see a little bit more senior team, most likely, but this one coming up on Tuesday will will be a heavily academy reserves. I'd expect Matt to get some time between the pipes. Yep. Uh, you know, for that here, that's a good opportunity, assuming that, you know, he is healthy um, along those lines, or even, you know, the, the academy goalkeeper that they signed. Was it Jude? I think it is his name. Yeah, the, the yeah the Jude. Yeah, Jude is the goalkeeper. And then you have Kai, who's a, a midfielder. You have a can they give his first name? But Im, uh, Imbula is also Willow. a midfielder. Willow, there you go. Um, and uh, obviously Holt's probably going to be the uh, uh, the center midfielder. With um, Kamari, Kamari's probably going to play. I think what Kamari? You got to throw him in there already. I, I don't know. I, I think I think they'll throw him into. I, I don't know if he'll 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 get time in the open cup, but I know. No. Um. I know. Uh, sorry, my dog's looking at me like, let me out, let me out. No. <laughs> um. I was gonna say Holt's gonna be the center uh, uh, back. Um. We'll see who uh, lines up next to him. Um, I think Taintor kind of ran himself into the ground. Uh, Manly might uh, get some time, and then uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't even want to speculate because it's going to be random. It's going to be a heavily rotated lineup. So, so, yeah. Just to touch base on USL championship results here, um, New Mexico and Oakland drew midweek. I think I want to say it was 2-2 in New Mexico. Uh, last night, Sacramento beat uh, Monterey Bay 2-1. Oakland Roots tied the Rowdy 0-0 in, in Oakland. Uh, just trying to see Western. It, it was 2-2 uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, 2-2. Yeah. Switchbacks, uh, still perfect on the season. Um, they're going to be a tough team this year. 2-1 at Miami that they won. At Galaxy, Drew 1-1. Uh, Vegas uh, on Friday beat Charleston, and, and they've got a young kid uh, that looks to be pretty special. Yeah, um, Machete, Danny Trejo, Trejo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's 
Jennings he, is not bad either. He he's he's tearing it up. Uh, another two goal night for him, which is what third is third in a row. Leading, yeah, he's leading the golden the gold boot, golden so, boot. Yep. Uh, wait till LAFC gives him a call up, but uh, and, yeah, and, and I know it's break. I know it's super early in the season, but SAFC, despite the loss, comfortable still third. Third yeah. in the division, yeah, we're still three and one. Despite everything so, we talked about, we're still three yeah. and one. That's it. That's yeah. what you got to remember. Yeah, Here's, like which sometimes. shows <laughs> the potential of this team is a top yeah. team in this league. They mm-hmm. just need to get freaking healthy. Good. Here's my like, only concern on, oh on God. It here. Here's is... Panic Harry. Here uh, now we turn to uh, Panic <laughs> Harry for more. Panic Harry. <laughs> <laughs> No, the big difference this year is head-to-head matters, um, and that's what you know. That, that's something that you got to keep your mind on uh, for next week. They go out to Orange County, uh, so it'll be another tough road match on that here. But no, it's it, it's it's early, but early games matter. I hate that mentality that people uh, say, "Hey, you know, it, it's it's April. It, you know, it doesn't really matter." Well, it does matter, especially this year. If you, you know, if San Antonio is able to get, you know, get it here, uh, because they play Phoenix, uh, what next month, almost a month from now in Phoenix here, even if they win that, but if they only win it by one goal, they lose the tiebreaker. So, uh, just keep that in mind. It's a little bit different this year compared to last year where it was total wins, tiebreakers between the clubs and goal differences between the clubs could matter when it comes to playoff seating, um, you know, if, if, uh, if we are tied, uh, the last topic here, uh, kind of a, a fun one here, uh, for it here. Uh, we all have, um, we all have a team in the draw here, uh, the, uh, world cup draw. So United States, uh, is in group B with England, Iran, uh, the United States and the winner of Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales. I still question on whether Ukraine, unfortunately is going to be able to play due to, you know, what's going on in world events. But, you know, like I said here, you, you know, Scotland or Wales, both solid teams, uh, Mexico's in a group, Argentina, uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland, uh, Canada got Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, and Costa Rica. Where are they at? Oh, that Costa Rica. Assuming they get the playoff win against what New Zealand, they yeah. would be in Group E. Spain, oh, Germany, and Japan. So that, forget about that. Buddy. Good luck with that yeah. one. <laughs> if it's Costa Rica, but oh boy. Uh, Rafa, since you know, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Mexico, Argentina is kind of like uh, US and Ghana, although uh, US was able to avoid that uh, this year here. But uh, your thoughts on Group C for Mexico? Hand of God, baby. I think I think we can. That's it'll be tough, but here, the, the history of the last World Cups, you know, Mexico was in Germany's group. They beat Germany, they tied Brazil in the last one, and they beat France on the the previous one. So they fought, they'll find a way to step it up. Some of the with the big teams, I, like I said, Argentina is going to be the favorite in that group. Uh, if once some way somehow we can win that group, you know, we could see. Uh, who knows? A second round USA, <laughs> Mexico. I mean, not actually it's a, a second. I mean, try to avoid France. That's the thing. 
you know, that's 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 the whole goal for Group C because I don't think Argentina will want to play France. You know, I well, think nobody France, wants to play France. <laughs> they're just a little too, too little too stacked. Um, so, but I I think we'll be all right. Well, you know, the the key is winning against Saudi Arabia and Pol and Poland. If we can win those two games, we'll we'll move on to the next round. Well, you play you play Poland first, um, which Poland is is a very good team in my opinion. Lewandowski. I mean, if you shut him down, they really don't have anything else. So you're going to have to build a game plan to really keep them from really touching the ball and and make someone else try to beat you. And that's that's the way how Poland everything runs through him. You know, if he doesn't have a good day, they're not going to win. So. That's that's the game plan for that. Like I said, I don't think they should have problems with Saudi Arabia, but like I said, Argentina is the big one. And if you can get you can get a tie out of that one or a win, hey, that'd be great. So I'll push back a little bit on Saudi Arabia. Just I know they're not the host country, but from my understanding, it's driving distance mm -hmm. uh, from there here. So Fans. they're gonna have a home fieldish feel to it on there here. Um, the, the other thing here with Mexico, I think, it, I don't know if it was announced, up, but I heard it on here that uh, Coach Tata is still going to be coached through the World Cup here. Uh, you're okay with that, or were you hoping for a change? I, I, I was hoping for a change because they, <laughs> they need a fix. There's something, like I said, it worked in the beginning. It's not the same team when he took when he took over, when they were playing great, they are winning a bunch of games. Some something something's missing, and I don't know if the players just have given up on him, and maybe need to bring somebody else. Um, I'm probably asking, well, who do you who do you bring some who do you bring in? Well, there's a couple good you know names out there. Like the one I would like to see is Santiago Solari. I think he can really kind of turn some things around with, with that group of players. And that and the thing what they need is to add some of the younger players, some hungry players. I think. We have some players that are just too complacent, and they're they're already kind of stuck on their horse. Like, ah, well, no one's going to take my spot. I think we need to kind of, you know, add some competition there, add some fuel to the fire. That way, you know, they get on it and not be complacent. So we'll we'll see what happens. I know originally Mexico was supposed to play Argentina on a friendly, but I think that more likely that's going to change. Because um, they're also going to play friendly against Brazil, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mexico plays like Uruguay or Chile as a warm up to replace that game. Royce, your thoughts on the United States group: England, Iran, USA, Wales, or Scotland? In, in my opinion, uh, for that here, you know, Ukraine's still in it, but I, for me personally, I have a hard time seeing them even playing it in June personally. But right. Um, I can't comment on Group C. Um, yeah, Mexico is going to have a real tough time uh, in that group. Saudi Arabia is uh, um, they've actually allowed what was it? Um, are they the are they the Asian champions? Saudi Arabia? Mm -hmm. um, or I, no, they're not the Asian. Was it Qatar that's the Asian champions? One of those teams no, is the Qatar's Asian. Qatar's in automatically. Right, one of them won the Asia Cup, though. That's what I'm saying. Is either Qatar or Saudi Arabia won the Asian Cup? Tunisia was it was Tunisia who I think. No, that was the no. Arab, that was the Arab Cup. Okay, uh, a no, I, I think Asia. it was Korea. Was it Korea? No, Korea? Asia Cup. Uh, I don't think it was Australia. 
Winners. No, it's not. Hold on. I know doing some uh, production right now. This is great. We're we're having fun. We're we're doing great. Um, yeah, it was Qatar. Qatar, Qatar. won the Asian Cup. So Qatar is uh, it's actually a really good team. Um, given they have some Brazilian players uh, that are miraculously Qatarian. Um, uh, but uh, no, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia has they're in their last. I heard a stat. It was like in their last 15 matches uh, and they've played decent competition. They haven't just played, um, um, uh, you know, lower, lower opponents. Um, Saudi Arabia in the last 15 matches has only given up like four or five goals. Um, so defensively they're stout. They don't have any attack, but they're stout. So they could play for a draw against some of these teams and surprise you. Um, Poland, I think Poland with Lewandowski, that's a very tough draw for Mexico, especially with their lack of talent in center back and defense in general. They're going to have a real tough time with Lewandowski. He's going to have a heyday against Mexico. And Argentina's Argentina. Um, I saw this matchup a couple years ago, Mexico versus Argentina in the Alamo Dome, and Lautaro Martinez had a first-half hat trick. So that's going to be real tough for Mexico. Um, as far as Group B is concerned, it's going to be tough for the U.S., uh, whether Wales or Scotland or Ukraine. I personally think it's probably going to be, um, unfortunately, Wales that goes through, although I would love to see England versus Scotland. Oh, my God, in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. I That would be yeah. incredible, an incredible match, Scotland versus England. Um, and I still hope for it, but I think Wales is going to make it. So I think it's going to be Wales, the U.S., Iran, and England. Uh, Wales does some stuff that is really going to trouble the U.S. Uh, with a bail. Uh, they have a really strong midfield. It's going to be tough for the U.S. Um, England's going to be tough for the U.S., but I think that's a better matchup for the U.S. than mm -hmm. Wales. Um, and Iran, I don't want to overlook Iran, but <laughs> I'm going to overlook Iran. Um, yeah, they're going to be pumped up too, because yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I yeah I well, I mean to be fair, if it was Iranian government officials on their team then yeah they'd be super pumped up but it's 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 the iranian people it's one of those stories yeah. iranian people like the u.s they like a lot of stuff that's american how do they manage the government with, so. with, with, the, with, the, with the netherlands because that's that's probably what if the u.s does events they're probably going to play the netherlands in the second round and i think the u.s matches up really well against the netherlands um they're the netherlands aren't they're not what they used to be Honestly, they are not what they used to be. It would not surprise me if they don't get out of that group. Co to be completely honest with you, the Netherlands Senegal's are not the one to watch in Group A. Yeah. Senegal is going to be very interesting, and Qatar is going to be very interesting in that group. We'll see how they do. Athletic, um, super athletic teams. Yeah. Robert, your thoughts on the draw here? You're you're kind of, you're open to anything because we got our U.S. with Royce, or, or uh, Mexico with Rafa, or yeah, with Rafa. So you know you can pick any any team as your host country. Oh, the U.S. is is the the team I root for, and like like uh, you're saying, Iran is such a wild card. You just never know what's going to come out of those particular regions. Iran and some is of solid. Them are, this is a solid group. But how do they translate when they actually play or higher level at competition? Like sometimes they do really well, and some of those teams just completely flame out and end up being like a doormat to some degree. But England's a good matchup for me because I mean, traditionally they, their home base such puts puts such pressure on the team that they tend to underperform and then they start to consume themselves as they start to fail. They don't do traditionally well in the World Cup from, from what I've seen in my experiences. I mean, in Scotland and Wales, I mean, both of those play that, you know, 
European style, like large, you know, they, they have bigger bodies, like then it's just a totally different style of play than Central and South America. That's why when, when Mexico goes into Poland, the biggest thing I'm, I always find is that how some of those South American and Central American teams struggle against the European style because of the size. Um, it's just such a different game where they're trying to cross it and head it, cross it and head it. There's less individual skill. It's more of a systematic setup. I mean, but, Germany is a classic example. Like that, their biggest that, thing is crossing. They have that one striker that everyone says is has a garbage skill set, but he's putting ten goals in, twelve goals in, like <laughs> uh, Miroslav Klose and Oliver Bierhoff are some examples that from the past where do they like they do amazing in the World Cup and they're they're nothing on their club teams because the, they're, they're the, in a the, system where it doesn't translate. <laughs> but the new scoring the, and scoring and scoring. <laughs> the new German squad is definitely a counterattacking setup yeah, um, where they're they're bad. defense first and then you have um, Havertz and you have Werner with their speed just go and just wreak havoc on a counterattack and also um, they're going to have. Um, Serge Gnabry as well. They're going to be a real tough team, and they're going to be very similar to how uh, San Antonio FC sets up and their kind of defensive setup, and then they're just going to be speed and 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 chaos going forward. Um, they, they that, that's that, yeah. that's going to be a that's going to be a tough group for Japan and and Costa or whoever yeah, that's Australia or Costa Rica whoever comes out of that. Probably going to be Spain. Yeah, um, Japan is tough too. Japan plays good in the World Cup. They traditionally they typically, give a lot of teams they typically do. But I, I, I was going to piggyback on what you said about England. They're always in their head, no matter where they're at. They're always in their head. When we played against them in 2010, and Robert Green had that incredible, embarrassing moment. Um, they're always yeah. in their head. The 2018 World Cup was tailor made for them to go to the final and win, and they couldn't even get past a, an old kind of broken down and inferior Croatian team and they got played off the pitch by that team and it was basically um uh Luka Modric by himself conducting the midfield and just destroying all the midfielders in England so then they decided to completely change all the midfielders in England and now they have a young core um and they've gotten you know they were did really well in the Euros but that doesn't necessarily being really good in last year's Euros doesn't necessarily translate into being good for this World Cup. Looking at you, Italy. So yeah, so we'll see. So we'll see what England does. Uh, a big thing to look for in England, um, who their starting goalkeeper is. Um, as an Evertonian fan, it pains me to say this: Jordan Pickford is just not reliable. But he's also been the uh, England number one for the last few years. Um, and he's definitely a player that really gets in his head. He's a, and same thing with Harry Kane, another player that really gets in his head. Um, uh, Harry Maguire, another player who really gets in his head and underperforms. So man, England are a real crapshoot. Um, as yeah, far as Sterling, Sterling and Rashford too. <laughs> yeah. As far as who shows up, um, they may not show up. Um, Scotland's going to be tough. They're always play tough. And that's just because they have that killer's mentality. Um, all of them, all the players on Scotland, they're, they're not necessarily the most talented, but they're, they're killers in their, in their own mind, which is dangerous. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens with Iran. I, I'm interested to see, um, how they show up, if they're going to show up like Algeria or if they're going to show up like, um, uh, like a Slovakia, um, also relating to the 2010 world cup. In the U.S., same thing. We'll see who's healthy. We'll see how they show up. But I think uh, 
I, I'm not expecting a lot from the U.S. in this World Cup. I think it's going to be a learning experience for the players because of how young they are. Yeah, they are going to be so the young. youngest. Yeah. They are going to be the yeah. youngest squad in the World Cup. This yeah. is going to be leading to 2026. Get this experience now. See what you can do now. Let's go out there. Let's show them what we have. Let's build till 2026. And that's kind of what Burhalter. I hate how they chose Burhalter. I think the whole thing was shambolic, but I think he's the right guy in the right spot. Um, and that's just because be right he, he got all of these kids and he's been the first coach to actually just trust all kids. I mean, you had, I mean, the last three coaches were real reluctant to bring in kids. Um, if, and if, now, and now you have Burhalter playing kids, having them uh, mesh as a squad at the point of being 18. So then in 2026, when they're, you know, eight years older, when they're, you know, in their mid twenties, then they're really going to be a solid squad going into that. And they're going to be well-versed and, and it's going to be a really good team. So who do you go? Do you keep them for 2026 or do you find somebody else? Who knows? We'll see. We'll, it depends on how the players play. And, and the whole thing is if he can keep the room. That's really what it depends on. Uh, his yeah. tactics are his tactics. It's a 4-3-3. Everybody knows what's going on. It's pretty straightforward. They're really good at it. It depends on how he can keep the locker room. That's the big thing. Um, the, the, the players love him. If he maintains that, then yeah, keep him until 2026. If it's going to be a consistent thing that continues to build on, that's what it's going to come. That that's what's going to come out of it is if um, if he if he keeps the locker room. So my final comments on the on the World Cup draw is number one, I'm excited to see who the new stars are going to be. But number two, this is going to be the last World Cup for Messi, last World Cup yeah. for Ronaldo. Uh, last World Cup for uh, was it uh, Robert Le- Lewandowski? Lewandowski uh, yeah. here. So what? Uh, Mimo Ochoa most likely final World Cup for him. Yeah. So it's always great. It's always great to see the uh, the rotation of players. You know, at a World Cup. You know, where obviously you know Messi and and uh, Ronaldo the goats. You know, depending on through here. There's also it's, rumors it, this may be the last of Neymar as well as far as World Cup. It's also uh, going to be the last World Cup for Thomas Mueller, who's <clears throat> could Thomas break Mueller. the record for yeah. most goals by uh, a player at the World Cup. So he he but, could pass yeah. up a uh, closer. But so. then you got young stars like Jonathan David from Canada. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested Mbappe, to see Mbappe still young, but he's arrived a long time ago. Um, so. And, and to me, I don't think it's going to be Pulisic that, that stands up. I'm wondering who's going to step up as far as to be the next American star because, and like I said here, whether it's Reyna, um, Reyna I think he yeah. has the potential to be – Pulisic's pushed the, the mantle forward for U.S. men's national team players as far as marketing going on to big clubs. I think Gio Reyna has the opportunity to even take that take it a step further uh, with his creativity if he's healthy. It, it's st- it still boggles my mind that Gio Reyna is 19. It still boggles yeah, my mind how much I've seen him and how much yeah. I know of him playing and how good he is. He's 19. It's so – Yeah, it's wild. <sighs> until they do a close-up of him, you don't realize it. Yeah, <laughs> that's <young> – <laughs> Honestly, until he shaved his head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's just a kid still. Uh, yeah, we'll see who the kid. striker <laughs> ends up being. I think that has a potential to be – 
uh, for the U.S. that has a potential to um, uh, to, to 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 take off someone's career. Um, whether that's Pepe or that's Ferreira, we'll see. Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a big World Cup for Yunis Musa. Honestly, I think a lot of people are going to have eyes on him. That you know, they know of him, but I think it's going to be a real coming out party for him. Um, that's what I love about the U.S. now. So much yeah. depth. Like in the past, yeah. there's like maybe 11, 12 players. As soon as two people got hurt, you're like, oh gosh, doom and gloom. Yeah, they're bringing some random. Guys Dempsey the Donovan. What are we going to do? Now there's so yeah. many. Yeah, now there's so many. Like, they come off the bench and there's little or no yeah. drop-off. It's just well, the, the roster and the depth is amazing. Now, I don't even know. The rosters are going to be extended. Like um, 26 instead of 23, right? No, they're, yeah, yeah, for this one here, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the U.S. may have an advantage because they have a lot of MLS players. MLS finishes a few weeks before uh, the start of the World Cup, and then the players that are playing in Europe or any other domestic leagues, they 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 only have one week for as far as preparation. So, right. you know, you're not going to have prepar- many you know normal your normal you know two three game pre games before the World Cup. You might not even get a game, which because of that. So, I think that's going to be a big factor. Who's fresh? Who's and also, who's not hurt? Because, you know, especially European teams, you're playing Champions League, you're playing your domestic cups, you're playing two, three, you know, two games a week, and then now you're going to add this right away. That it could, this could make a difference on who really, whoever has the best depth and who's coming in fresh is probably going to, you know, do the lot of damage in this in this tournament. Final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you, Robert. Uh, as far as your final thoughts for the week, uh, this is a t- two-match week. Uh, Thursday, or pardon me, Tuesday against the Feeders and U.S. Open Cup. It's only going to be the East side that's open. Uh, so if you need to get tickets, you know, go to SAFC. It's it's limited compared to normal uh, for that here. And keep in mind, this is an Open Cup match that you know there is no draws. So if it's if it's over, I do believe they're still going to play the 30 minutes of extra time. If it's still tied, it could go to PK. So it's a win in advance, no draws uh, for that here. And then uh, next Saturday, SAFC is away at Orange County. Robert, your final thoughts? I'd say on the kickers game, the big thing is please, please, please don't lose. <laughs> please don't lose. Yeah, I don't know if I could take a, you know, a little bit. I guess they're a good team, but, you know. It's still a step, a couple steps below. So, I mean, just don't lose and then stay healthy. Like anyone that goes out there, no unnecessary injuries in a game that, you know, isn't part of, you know, the normal season. That that, that would uh, definitely be devastating. Just stay healthy, win the game, um, and then to get ready for OC. I mean, OC is no joke at home. I mean, that's going to be a tough one. So, like I said, get as healthy as possible. Hopefully we can get some guys off the injury list and, uh, you know, get some points out of that, that game in OC. Your uh, final thoughts there, Royce? Dude, it was so damn cool seeing Jasper Kamiri in a freaking San Antonio FC kit, even though he didn't get any field time. It was so cool seeing him back. Um, at the same time, get healthy. Um, dynamite drop in. Um, <laughs> no, just get healthy. Um, open cup. Considering the injuries right now, Open Cup really doesn't matter all that much. Um, yeah, so cool. don't get hurt there. Um, get healthy. And uh, we have uh, – what's the next match? Who do we play away? Orange County. 
Orange County. Oh, Bubba. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be tough, especially with the injuries. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh get healthy and hopefully Dylan and God, hopefully we get hopefully we get guys back because uh we need them. Let's get healthy. Let's uh let's get that uh space jam um special drink or whatever and everybody get healthy and get some power and get go on to the next the one. <laughs> the egg and go on to the next one. We're gonna do whatever yeah. you gotta do. <laughs> We're still third place in the division. Yeah. Yes, it was a bad loss, but for a lot for a long, a lot of stretches of that, we were we were in a really good uh, position to do exactly. If it's what a healthy squad, I don't think we lose that game. No, I, I and I agree, and that's a, and that's the big thing. That's the plus, but we got to get healthy. That's that's the big thing. Get healthy. Rafa, your final thoughts? If you want to plug uh, what's going to be happening this this week here as well with whatever your final thought is. Well, final thoughts is, you know, we need to get healthy. So, you know, any curanderos there in San Antonio? Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. See and get them, rub that egg or, or, or whatever, you know, do the little rattlesnake thing like in La Bamba or something. So, <laughs> you need to get healthy. So, um, and also final thought, um, uh, like I said, Wednesday we have our, our show, the high school roundup. Uh, we just had the regional quarterfinals, um, some – uh, we're there fr actually Friday night. We're at uh, me and Coach Cano did the live stream for the Reagan Spencer Valley game. So we'll, we're going to talk, we'll, we'll talk about that. Great game. Uh, great to see that we finally got that. Uh, we're over the hump on those Austin teams. So we, we stuck it to them this year. I know there's, I know there's still a couple of them left, but just like I said, just congrats to the Reagan boys and girls, O'Connor girls, um, um, the Brennan girls, the Bernie Champion girls, uh, the both Bernie High and Bernie um, boys teams that advance into the regionals so make us proud. Like I said, now we have a lot of a lot of opportunities to bring some. Maybe we'll bring six six eight titles back to the San Antonio area. So, so good luck good luck to them. So my final thoughts: number one, I, I want to say thank you to. Uh, Owen Evans uh, from uh, gophnx.com from coming on uh, Friday to preview the uh, Phoenix Rising. And then I also talked to him pre and post match, uh, you know, uh, at Toyota Field. So thank you. Also, thank you to uh, Monica uh, McPherson, a huge uh, uh, San Antonio FC, uh, or not San Antonio FC, huge Phoenix Rising fan. Uh, basically, they're Jenny Check uh, for coming out. Got to say hello to her at the tailgate. Um, awesome to, to speak with her. Um, and then, you know, I'd be remiss. Uh, unfortunately, last night there was, uh, unfortunately, another shooting uh, in Sacramento where, unfortunately, at this point, six uh, have passed away and 10 others are injured. Just, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but, you know, just uh, we don't know when our last days here. So make sure, you know, you, you know, you know, tell everybody you love each other and, and along those lines here, just, you know, craziness happens in this world. I know Royce had, you know, had the Ukraine flag out um, previously here, but uh, you know, just, just be careful. And, and like I said here, you know, know your surroundings and, and stuff like that here. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate, you know, timeline that we live in um, right now. Um, you know, there, there's, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to, to that here, uh, for that, but, uh, just, you know, thoughts and prayers to, you know, the Sac Republic, you know, area and family, you know, along those lines here, uh, for that here, uh, go ahead, Royce. 
have have a uh, one more uh, thought. Sorry, sorry to you're fine. Kill it. Uh, but uh, credit where credits due. Uh, the bunker was rocking last night. Yes, it looked really good. Uh, I know uh, Susie Rex and I walked behind to go get Rex's snow cone because I guess the only snow cone place is over there uh, uh, behind the uh, east stands. But it was rocking. It was loud. It was great. Um, and at the same time, to answer uh, Gamez's question, um, you know, why were the camera lights on? They did that for the uh, the last playoff match. Um, it's just something that people are – it's a tradition. People just – it's a cool thing for the crowd to interact with each other. Um, and at the same time, obviously, the wave was going on. No way, Apo- dude. No yeah, way. Uh, yeah. Apologies. That I think that was our <laughs> section. Sorry, I, it wasn't me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a proponent, but the no wave was wave happening. If, number the crowd, one, the period. The, but especially if it you're was losing, atmosphere. no wave. It was about you need atmosphere. To straighten them out. You need to straighten that section out. <laughs> it was uh, about atmosphere. The crowd wanted to bring the atmosphere. It's Fiesta in San Antonio. It's yeah. uh, it's a party. Um, yeah, you're right. People wanted a party. Um, no wave. So Come on, people. That's it. But. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, calm down. Everybody everybody <laughs> wanted to have a good time. Yes, it was a loss, sure, but everybody wanted to have a good time, and everybody did. So uh, the product, you know, the San Antonio FC product at Toyota Field is really good. People just want to enjoy themselves, and that's it. Uh, oh, but, yeah, no, but but shout out to the supporters groups. Yes. Uh, it looked really good in the bunker. I can tell Robert next time, like I said, when the, other, the goalkeeper from the opponents kicked the ball instead of saying uh, the other word, fiesta, I think that would be cool to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, fiesta. <laughs> I say but, I say ta- I say tacos, tacos. Um, but did you notice and the U.S. against uh, Mexico match in Mexico at Azteca that the PA announcer had to say Mexico because everybody was not saying Mexico. <laughs> they didn't want to have another. That was genius, but at the same time, stop with the P word. Just stop. Come on, man. But you know what? So, but uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. You know, Coach Cano, uh, CJ Trevino, uh, Matt, uh, Robert, uh, for their thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, I know a couple of people talked to me at the tailgate, you know, for that here, the checks. And um, I'm trying to blink on his name. Who is it? Dennis Lamb. Uh, that said that they catch the show and, and listen to it uh, as well. So, you know, thank you guys for, you know, for tuning in. The, the support means a lot. Um, I know we're wrapping up on on high school coverage, which then will turn our attention to Athenians. And it's what the Corinthians that mm-hmm. are in PSL, uh, I believe here. So we'll start turning the attention to them uh, if they, you know, start making some noise here uh, for that here. We will probably also heads up. Uh, have kind of an academy uh like we do annually um after the high school season you know you know uh before you know over the summer here try to put together another academy program uh just to kind of have that discussion on on the status of of, uh, academies here in san antonio and uh royce is putting together uh some Possible changes uh, for SA Soccer Roundtable uh, to kind of tease that out. That may be coming out a little bit later where, um, you know, just like with here where we had a little bit more structure for the show, uh, we'll probably we're gonna try to see if we can work on bringing a little bit more structure onto the podcast to make it a little bit easier 
um, instead of having everything crammed together like we used to. So uh, Royce, Rafa, and Robert, I uh, do want to thank all of you for coming on. Um, and especially uh, Royce, I don't mind being the, the early mornings, but I'll tell you when we get on, I'm like, man, why is Royce having us on here first thing on Sunday morning? <laughs> Uh, Man, I've, but, been, I've, I've been up for a while. You can't tell by my voice, but well, I've already been to. Walmart. We do it for the listener. We do it for the audience. We do I've it for the listener. I've already been to Walmart yeah, and HEB uh, for groceries because last week I didn't go, and, and nice, you know, nice. com- kids complained. Like, no food. I'm like, well, we got food, but you know, I got nice. The point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> for that here. So, but what's life without goals? We're out of here. Uh, that way we can get out before 90 minutes. Appreciate it.